This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, it's Chris Platty here on today's episode of Strictly Hip Hop. I have a very, very special episode. This has been months in planning, months in the making, but we are now here John Denton, one half of the great rock reaction channel. That channel went viral because it was two metalheads from the UK reacting to rap music. So they had such a different, interesting, and unique perspective on hip-hop. So now that that channel is no longer running, John Denton has his own channel where he has continued that journey. So I sit down with him to have a discussion on what I think is the most interesting channel in the reaction game right now. We talk about his unique process of uh, of getting into hip hop, and we talk about just all of the the many viral moments that that have come through his through his actual YouTube content that he that he's made, and also we we talk about the future of reaction channels. Are they in danger, or are they going to or are they going to continue to grow and thrive? Because as you know, there's a huge battle between labels and reaction channels over the copyright infringement over basically the fair use clause and youtube is stuck right in the middle so it's an interesting interesting conversation he has some great thoughts on that but before i throw it to the episode let me do some quick plugging first if you do not follow me on twitter and instagram please follow me there at real chris platty c-h-r-i-s-p-l-a-t-t-e if you don't know how to spell real don't follow on youtube I have a lot of amazing content coming. Um, I have the 2019 albums of the year. That's going to be my top 25 albums of the year. It's going to be a solo video on the YouTube channel. I shot it last night. I'm editing it and trying to get it to you ASAP. So I wanted to drop this as a placeholder while you guys wait for that. But also, when I drop that YouTube video, I will also be dropping with it a podcast that I recorded with Will Gill of the of the Hip Hop Review Podcast. We sit down and we discuss our top 10s. So on the YouTube channel, you get my top 25. On the podcast, you'll get uh, the top 10, but you'll get Will Gill and I debating our top 10s because we have very, very different lists. So I wanted to give you guys both, those that want to hear just my opinion on 25 albums and those that want to hear kind of some arguments on why each album is where it is and just, you know, somebody... Just the the uniqueness of having two different uh, of two different music listeners, you, you know, rank their albums of the year. So both of those contents will be up very very soon. And also, do not sleep on the top 100 of the decade. I finally have the list done. I have my notes ready. I am going to be recording that within the next week. Once I can schedule some time, I'm going to record that episode. And that will be up hopefully by the end of January. It's going to be a long editing process. It's going to be a long recording process. So I'm giving myself some time there. But I also have dropping, and this will be a podcast, maybe even make it a YouTube. I'm not quite sure yet. I will be dropping my 2020 prediction for the year. So this will be a podcast dedicated entirely to this document I spent months creating where I basically went through over 100 artists that, I, that I'm interested in and I kind of mapped out if what the possibility is that they will release an album within within the year 2020. Will they take the year off? Will they just do features? Uh, this is the latest news on this album. And spoiler alert, 2020 is going to be a huge year. If you cannot already tell, we got Mac Miller album coming uh, tomorrow as I'm recording this. Then you have also the Dreamville Deluxe album coming tomorrow. 
and Kendrick. Uh, we're hearing that that album is near completion, so I have my thoughts on that. That will be on the 2020 podcast. All of that, all of that is going to be dropped within January. Now, for the NBA side, quickly, I have, of course, my annual monthly podcast with Nicholas Henkel of Piston Powered is coming. Uh, we just got to find a date to schedule and, and record. Then also, I'm going to be doing uh, East and West All-Star podcasts. Going to be doing some just some NBA standings update podcast, you know, just kind of looking at the playoff picture of each conference and all the decade stuff that I have because I have a lot of decade stuff done as far as as far as the notes and the preparation. But I want to record that in the summer. I don't want to drop that in the middle of the season because it just it doesn't seem it seems like a weird time to look back at a decade while we're in the middle of a season. So I'm I'm going to wait to drop those. But all of that content is coming. And please, 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 if you have not yet, get tickets to my live show. It will be my first ever live show, the first time Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk is going live. That will be February 21st in Detroit at the Masonic Temple. Tickets are only $15, but they will be raising within the next week or so to, I believe, about $30. So get your tickets. There's drinks. um, There's food. And there's going to be me and several other podcasters performing as well as uh, local artists uh, of all kinds in Detroit, of all kinds of rappers, singers, just all sorts of musicians. And also there will be artists there who are selling their drawings, their paintings, all of that stuff. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be a fun, fun time. So please, $15 a ticket. It's a, it's a cheap, fun night out. Please come support and you'll get to see me in my first ever live podcast appearance I have so much great stuff planned for that. I cannot wait. Uh, I'll, I hope to see you all there. But without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. This is a fascinating interview. I cannot wait for you all to hear it. So without further ado, here's our conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very, very special episode of Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty. And coming to this podcast for the first time, man, I am so excited for this interview. I've been trying to do this interview for months. My guy, John Denton, a UK journalist, YouTube content creator, with by far some of my favorite reaction channels with the formerly Rock Reacts channels and now his own individual channel, John Denton, uh, the, the, quite frankly, the most interesting perspective on hip-hop I've ever seen, which is why you're here today. John, how are you? Wow, man, that was an amazing intro. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm good. That's glad good. Glad to be here. That's good, man. I'm, I'm glad to have you. Like I said, man, this is a, this is a conversation I've been wanting to have because I'm so fascinated with your story. So just the timeline for the Rock React channel started in what, late 2017, I believe? Um, it was like early sort of March 2018. I think we dropped the first video first March 2018 and it was kind of discussed um, right around Christmas 2017. That's when the idea kind of happened. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So, um, how long on that channel? Because now, when I go back to that channel, uh, the first video is the logic is is the logic video. Uh, how long were you reacting? Were you guys reacting to rock music before you started the reaction to rap? Um, it was the same recording session. So the very first video was Metallica, okay. um, and then in the same day that we were recording, we also did uh, Logic and I think um, Jay Z Heart in the City as well. Okay. Just just to see if you know two guys who weren't necessarily from the hip-hop world well quite clearly not from the hip-hop world um if that would gain traction on on youtube um that wasn't really the idea going in it was just to react to music and then obviously the metallica video did a few hundred views at the beginning and the logic video straight away did started to get into the thousands which as you know for a brand new you know 
well, it wasn't a zero subscriber channel just because we had a little bit of a following um, doing other things, but like a hundred subscriber channel when it first started to start getting thousands of views on something, you're like, okay, something's happening here. So um, yeah, it suddenly quit, well, quite quickly started to lean into the hip hop thing, okay. uh, which wasn't the intention at the beginning. Yeah, that that's very interesting. We'll we'll get to that. So let's start with the conversation um, with your your personal hip hop uh, experience prior to Rock React. So, you know, if you could describe your experience, can you uh, again growing up in in the UK, still residing in the UK, can you recall before before these channels um, roughly, you know, how many songs or albums you heard or some of the artists that you heard. And lastly, what was your um, your opinion of the genre at that time before Rock Reacts and, and John Denton channel? Sure. Um, so I'm 37, so I've been around a little while. Um, and in the UK, growing up, being a teenager and stuff, I'd hear some hip-hop and rap that just made it to the radio over here. It wasn't a huge amount. So um, just some real, like, mainstream hits, um, Puff Daddy, things like that. That, that maybe made yeah, sort of top of the charts over here. So not much uh, being a teenager. And then when I went to university when I was 18, and then particularly when I was 19, I moved into a house with a guy on my course, and he was big into hip-hop. He was from uh, the north of the country, and he'd been listening for, for years with his group of friends. And he was just putting on different records. So we were listening to, like, Dilated Peoples, Alcoholics, and stuff like that, just while we were, you know, having pre-drinks before going out. And I was getting into it. Um, I, I was enjoying... The music, so I, I kind of always had a little bit of a, you know, pretty much a positive um, feeling about about hip hop, but I did, wasn't very knowledgeable at all. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of it's not pre-internet, but it was pre-like internet being everywhere. Like the house we had didn't have broadband. This is like 2001, didn't have um, internet connection, so it wasn't like you could go and research and go and find out who all these artists were. I was just listening. But the real turning point for me back then was he was in his room just playing this CD. And it turned out to be the blueprint, um, Jay-Z's The Blueprint. And I just remember walking past his room and I was like, that sounded amazing because it was one of the kindly produced tracks uh, with the, you know, the sped up soul samples and stuff. And so I just came in and I basically just sat and listened to the rest of the record. I think it was probably like third or fourth track and we just listened to the whole thing. I think it was pretty much exactly when it came out. And that really kind of opened my eyes and ears to me appreciating the genre. But again... I wasn't even really getting into the lyrics or anything at that point. I was just in kind of enjoying the production, enjoying the flows, things like that. And then throughout uh, the years, there's been just been different records here and there, clips, uh, the Carter Three, just more kind of individual albums that I've mm-hmm. put into my rotation along with metal, rock, indie, electronic music, all sorts of different types of music that I've always listened to. I just have I'd have some hip hop on rotation, but it's not like now. Now is very different, obviously. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um... So you you first talked about it. You rea- your fir- very first rap reaction was uh, gang related by Logic, and when you reacted to that song, did you and Simon feel you were opening Pandora's box and this was going to take the channel to a whole new level, or was it like you said you just saw the numbers and then you guys kind of it clicked in that moment that this was going to be more than just another video? Um, I mean, I think it's the second video on the whole channel, if I if I remember correctly. So it was the idea that kind of came to me is I'd been watching that Christmas period, been watching Lost in Vegas and a few other reaction channels and kind of discovering reaction channels. To be fair, I'd actually watched some Big Quint videos from before. Oh, he's the man. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Shout out Big Quint and um, Mallory Brothers as well and a couple of others here and yeah. there. But um, it was only when the basically like the sort of hip hop fans from America started reacting to Mel lost in vegas being the, you know the number one channel in that that kind of subgenre started watching those and then you know started sending a few over to simon because we lived in different parts of the country but we've known each other for a long time and the conversation came up like, you know we could try this and then suddenly i had my idea in my own okay we could potentially reverse engineer it you know to white guys in england listening to hip-hop but i wasn't the, the idea going in but i had a feeling and i was like logic's got crazy fans because i kind of knew who he was already i'd heard that song before so it wasn't a reaction from me it was just a reaction from him if you watch the video mm-hmm. it was me kind of introducing him to some of these artists i knew he had crazy fans uh, really really loyal fans and i knew that he had the type of fans that were gonna latch on potentially latch on to something like that and boost it up and that's exactly what happened i kind of see it on some other channels because lost in vegas obviously don't just do Metal, they do hip hop as well, and their logic videos have been taking off and things like that. And it just seemed to be the right time, especially for him as an artist. It was when I think he was kind of peaking around then, anyway. 
um, getting more and more mainstream followers. So, yeah, then the views happened, as you say, which for for a new channel to suddenly get even 4,000 views overnight is crazy for a brand new YouTube channel. So when it came to the next recording session, we put a lot more logic on a few other eyes. I think we did a Kendrick track and it just kind of went from there and it was probably not for another three or four months that it became obvious that the channel was going to be mainly focused on on hip-hop and rap and u.s hip-hop and rap um because there was still plenty of metal videos early on and, and other things but it was just like a metal video was getting a thousand views uh, a hip-hop video was getting 20k and then it just went from there and it was just 2018 was a crazy year right for for hip-hop but, oh absolutely yeah yeah. So man. just yeah, a lot of things kind of fell into place. Okay. Okay. So you know, I think I think that was when I got put onto you was the Kendrick sing about me. I think that was the very okay. first video. Yeah. So I want to say that was like what like five to ten videos in the channel. For something um, like that. It was pretty it, early, right? It was early, but it was still probably maybe thirty plus or something like that because we did the Kendrick DNA and then we got loads and almost every comment was like, "You have to do this sing about me, sing about me." And so, yeah, we we sat down okay. and do another recording session. It was like, all right, we've got to do this one now. We think this is going to be a big video, and it was, and and still is. It's got I don't know what views it's got on now, but it's you know, two three hundred thousand or something like that. Yeah, that's amazing. And you know, one thing I want to give uh, you credit on uh, is when you you decided to commit to hip hop reaction. You guys obviously like when when that Pandora box was open, like I talked about. I, I saw the comments. I read the comments. It's, you know, hundreds of, of people commenting different artists, different songs, and each one is getting like 30 likes, 100 likes, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and your comments are really just flooded with all of these suggestions. You guys handle it amazingly. Is that part of it ever frustrating? Does it annoy you, make you feel like <laughs> you can never like appease everyone, or does their passion kind of excite you to dig into these artists? I think I've I've made peace with not being able to appease everybody. When I first <laughs> when we first when I first started, literally every single um, suggestion or request that was coming in in the comments, this was in the first month. I was I had a Google Doc and I was putting them all in there, and then it suddenly I was like, this is impossible now as the channel started <laughs> to blow up. So obviously stopped doing that, and I kind of now I'm still in the comments all the time. Um, you know, I I, I I believe in that a lot. So um, I, I would never take that for granted. And literally, like, the, the, the sort of success that I've had doing YouTube is because people have been suggesting videos and artists mm. to do it. So, you know, I'd never, I'd never be mad at that. I mean, I can tweet anything that's nothing to do with music, and one of the first replies will be react to this. Or <laughs> I, could, I, I make the joke that I could, um, you know, I could make a Facebook post from you know, my grandparents' funeral or something, and it would just be flooded with reaction requests yeah. in the comments. But um, look, like, it's just it's just one of those things. Uh, it's it's all good. Um, some of my friends see it, and they just laugh. They like, how do you deal with that all day? But it's just it's normal. <laughs> in fact, I was playing Xbox last night, and I just went into the messages thing, which I didn't even, I haven't been in there for months, and it was just full of people <laughs> that had found my gamer tag and were just asking me to react to things. But that's amazing. If you, I mean, it really yeah. is incredible, really. Yeah, I mean, you have probably the most positive outlook someone could possibly have on that situation. You know, I give you a lot of credit for not being for not being annoyed when you're when you're here just everywhere, Twitter, YouTube, your <laughs> Xbox, man. You're just you're surrounded by it. And, it, and it's really cool that people are that passionate about you jumping into it. And I think that's because of your unique perspective coming into this. You know, what what makes me say that you're my favorite reaction channel above all those other reaction channels that you mentioned which i also like lost in vegas uh malroy bros big quinn all of them do exceptional exceptional work but the interesting thing about it is it feels like from a viewer's perspective we're jumping into you know we're jumping on a journey with your channel like all the other all the other uh youtube content creators like they're coming into this like we love hip-hop and you know and, and we have this foundation and so you know you basically almost assume that everything up until the day they start the channel with uh they're educated on you know whereas you yeah. are talking about you know being a student of the game and you know and growing up with a with a predominantly different genres uh so then you're coming into this new 
and, and you're jumping into all these albums and you're able to go back and listen to a good kid, Mad City, you know, seven years later for the first time, which is, you know, something that's that's crazy because good kid, Mad City itself, other than Big Quiz, shout out Big Quint for that. Um, I don't think there was any other reaction channels at the time that were reacting to, to an album like that. So to see it, you know, seven years in the future and it be from somebody who's trying to be a student of the game and trying to learn the, the game it is really just an, an awesome and unique perspective and that's what i think makes your channel stand out above uh, above a lot of the other reaction channels well i appreciate that a lot and it's definitely it's it's intentional but it's also true i mean i definitely have been on a journey and even just going back to those 2018 videos and where i am now i still feel like i've got so much to learn so many artists to listen to but yeah, the the kind of perspective that I have now compared to then, it really does. I go, oh my god, actually, yeah, no, I've listened to so much, and I've listened to so much music in the last two years compared to the previous, you know, twenty. I mean, as much yeah. as I listen to a lot of music now, you know, it's all day, every day now, really, and sort of studying. So um, yeah, it's it's definitely something that I, I'm conscious of, something that I try and you know, you know. Uh, what am I trying to say? I try and like lean into a little bit, but it's it, but it, it, but it's because it's true, and it's also something that I think was perhaps the first um, my first indication that Rock Reacts was was not necessarily going to be a long term thing. Was I quite early on wanted to take the word metalhead out of it because I started to see views and subs dip off massively because the first four months it had hundred thousand subscribers, which just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. It's basically mm. a complete freak. Um, but it did start to drop, and as well, it's still it's still doing well. And I was like, "This is a novelty, and it needs to, if it's ever going to be sustainable and we're ever going to be able to do this for a long period of time, it needs to transition into being not a novelty and into something with substance." And right. I, that's what I've tried to do, but it just it, it wasn't really. I don't think um, someone was really interested in in putting in that sort of amount of study and honestly I just don't think he was as into it as, as me uh, I got very fascinated very quickly mm-hmm. but I kind of had the suspicion before I even did it that I would if that makes sense because I'd been blown away studying like just Kendrick's lyrics on Damn even though I hadn't heard his previous albums and things like that and as a writer as somebody who's been a professional writer for years I just got more and more into the lyrics and now onwards it's now a bit of an obsession yeah and you know and i think that's that's actually apparent in the sing about me video you know that's what kind of drew me is like is you know is simon liked the song too but you know you, you were just the i i'll never forget because sing about me is one of my favorite kendrick lamar songs and one of my just favorite songs ever so like to watch you react to that and to watch somebody you know your jaw was almost dropping as <laughs> as you're hearing these words and, and you're so elegantly describing you know how these words are folding into each other like 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 poetry is very cool but you spoke on something that that really interests me and and I want to I want to kind of ask a follow up to that is you know you talk about being a student of the game and trying to master hip hop and you talk about that in a lot of a, a lot of your videos you mentioned that so I imagine that that's such a fine balance for you because, you know, you're getting a predominantly modern music fan base, right? A bunch of people that are, you know, that, that love Tory Lanez and love Bryson Tiller and Mac Miller and all of mm-hmm. these artists. But you also, I'm sure a part of you to, to understand like the full history of hip hop, you want to do like a ready to die or a doggy style. So how do you balance, um, how, do you, how do you basically balance between you know, finding time to do a, a, a what would be deemed like a culturally classic album, like a doggy style that may not be the most requested on your channel, but is, again, like, you know, part of your journey versus doing what uh, what may have the most suggestions right now. Yeah. So it, it's that that kind of conversation is a conversation I'm having in my head all the time, just about videos generally, like balancing the big requests with videos that I just think I want to try um videos that may not hit straight away so in terms of going back to the classic I actually had doggy style on mini disc <laughs> so I can't do that one I do oh, go okay. back with that one but um but yeah there's 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 plenty of others ready to dive in a good example um 36 chambers there's all these records that I heard you know songs off over yeah. the years but I don't know them inside out um and 
the intention is to right now is to kind of clear some of these seasons as I'm doing, um, you know, obviously doing the Mac Miller seasons kind of happened because, uh, you know, suddenly I was actually recording the swimming reaction based on what my patrons asked for. And then I, I, like, I was literally in the middle of editing it and all the tweets started coming out about his new album. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, the, the, you know, that's such a crazy coincidence because people have been asking me to do swimming for, you know, since it came out. And I just happened to be doing it at that moment. And so suddenly that and then his song came out and that's now the biggest video on my channel, the good news track. So suddenly it's Mac season. But there's a few other seasons that I need to finish. Drake, I need to do J. Cole and a few of these other current big artists. And then it should tie in with the channel hitting 100K, my personal channel. And then my, my, my aim for that is to do 36 Chambers and start folding in some of the the classics because i'm like like i said i'm 37 so these these classics are certainly not before my time you know like mm-hmm. blueprint illmatic um you know there there are albums that i've even sort of heard and spent time with from that era there's just plenty that i haven't as well so it's it's always this kind of ongoing battle I, you know i know a lot of people are asking for this but right now i'm going to try this or i'm going to try something completely out of left field um you know, uh, like I just reacted to Spanish artist Rosalia and it didn't do very well be- at the beginning. But I was like, I think if I title this right and I get the thumbnail right over time, it's going to pick up a new audience in a different part of the, the world, really. And mm-hmm. then the video will start to gain and gain. Because I've seen that happen a lot of times. So, you know, just I hold firm at the beginning and already I'm starting to see it was getting a bit. At first it was like, you know, 200 views a day. Now it's 500 views a day. Now it's more like 1500 views a day. And if that gets in and YouTube starts really pushing that to, to, you know, Spanish speaking people, whether they're in Spain or, or South America, that video could end up being the biggest video on my channel. So right. I'm always, I'm always prepared to take those sorts of risks and to try and broaden everything. And I'm always listening to new music that way and, and having more interesting things or hopefully interesting things that I can say about mm-hmm. Hip hop, because I like. I hope that I can bring some different perspectives. Just because I've spent many years listening to lots of different types of music, and I'm not from America as well, so I'm automatically have an outsider's perspective. Even you know, every English person does, even if they're a massive hip hop head. Yeah, yeah, which makes the val, which again adds value in my opinion to what you're doing. You know, it's 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 really cool to see somebody from another from another culture really come in and you know, and appreciate it and love it and accept it while also seeing it from a different view. It's, it's very cool to see, you know, on one hand, it's, it's cool to see that, uh, that somebody from a different culture can fall in love with that culture, but also it's valuable in seeing that you might not necessarily see it the way I see it or the way a friend of mine sees it. Um, when, when, even if we're go even if all three of us are going into that reaction, that, uh, that experience blind because you know because again life is so impactful when it comes when it comes to music yeah 100 um, percent. you know i i love what you do on your own channel where you react to full albums because to me there's nothing more difficult and phenomenal than crafting an amazing body of work like as an artist i think that is the most difficult and exceptional thing to do so, you know, what do you enjoy more, though? Because I have to ask, you know, are, do you enjoy the solo album reactions where you're talking and it's like my podcast, right? Like I'm talking to an audience, but that audience can't respond in this time because this isn't live, you know? So, yeah. so you're kind of, you're kind of, in, you know, you're engaging with somebody, but you're not engaging with somebody that can engage back right in that moment. Or do you enjoy... Uh, when you were doing the songs with Simon, where you have somebody you can immediately have a conversation with and, and kind of bounce back and forth? Well, I mean, the pretty easy answer is seeing as Rock Reacts ended in August and we <laughs> haven't spoken since. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really true. prefer my, my solo channel. But um, there is, it's taken me a while to kind of get my head around doing just individual songs on my own because I kind of started to do albums on my own anyway before the channel ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of got into a rhythm of how to do it. And obviously there are parts where I'm being filmed, but I'm just sat there listening. You know, I'm not doing anything or, you know, I'm looking around the room or something like that. Nobody wants to see that on the video. I'm just listening to the song. Whereas if it's an individual song, um, 
obviously I have to be a bit more on it for the whole three, four, five minutes or whatever the the song takes. I can't, you know, you know, need to be pausing and talking the whole time. So it's a different mm-hmm. rhythm to it. And it's taken me a while to get better at doing that without somebody else to to bounce off. Yeah. But um, yeah, in terms of having somebody to to interact with, it's difficult because I mean I watch some of the the channels and some of the UK channels as well. Um, shout out to to Dan and Kaz and Denz and uh, Renz. They're both two guys in a room as well, and it is great to watch chemistry between two people who are who are really um, enjoying the music. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely, from a personal point of view, I'm definitely done <laughs> with with working with um, somebody else in this in this field. I'll be doing it on my own from from here on out. Not 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 discounting some you know collabs and things like that, one-offs, two-offs, but um, yeah, I, I'm more than happy to do it on my own. And also when it comes to albums, that's for me like a solipsistic thing to do anyway. That's something that I've always just wanted to disappear into mm. and uh, and enjoy. And when it comes to individual songs, I'm still a sucker. I still watch all, I'm still a sucker for reaction channels. So I'll do my yeah. reaction, film it, put it up, and then I'll go and watch the channels that I like. You know, right. the, Drake, the Drake Future joint that dropped last week. You know, I probably watched about eight reactions to that as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still yeah. a fan. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, you know, with, with, with the reaction channel, with you doing it on your own, and like you said, um, you know, just the, the ability to, to do albums is, is so, so cool to me. Uh, with, with that being said, like, are you ever going to think about like looking back on it and kind of and, and kind of speaking on you did it with the Kendrick season I think you do it with every season right where you rank the albums after after they come out or after you react to them all um yeah I do you know what? I forgot I did that with the Kendrick one that's a good point yeah I need to do that <laughs> again the problem that happened actually was the next season where I kind of went through somebody's entire body of work was the weekend, which was um, a bit more recently, but the sort of the his later music gets blocked on YouTube. So I had this huge gap in that season. I guess he changed labels or something like that, and I managed to get those videos up on YouTube in the end. But there was a huge gap between you know me doing the, his trilogy and and early stuff, and then his later stuff. So I forgot to do a wrap up video, and it might be too late now. I may still do it. But yeah, and the same thing's happening with Drake. His early stuff, I could get onto YouTube. His later stuff all gets blocked. So I have to go through all the copyright mm. system. It's very difficult. But I, I basically, I figured out ways of doing it. Um, back in the day, I took risks that other channels won't take. But that's just, I don't know, that's just kind of my mentality generally in life. Um, so I know how to get those videos up on YouTube. But again, it's caused big, big gaps in those seasons. But I probably will do, do wrap-up videos. Um, but yeah, people... I think it got some views. I can't remember, but uh, I don't know. I'm just always, there's always so much going on. I always have all these plans to do a million things, but it's just time. I mean, a full reaction video for a full album is a solid day's work. And I th- I'd imagine I work a lot quicker than other channels. I've got it quite streamlined now, but it's still the time to record, the time to export, the time to edit, upload, thumbnail, everything like that is a good, you know, full normal office hours work day. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but and after that, your brain can be a bit scrambled as well, trying to get that edit done. <laughs> right. So yeah, yeah, and then if you're doing say three full albums in a week and a bunch of um, individual songs as well, yeah, it's just finding the time, two kids, all that sort of stuff in the house. So yeah, it's, it's busy. Yeah, yeah, it really, <laughs> it really is, bro. I can, I can absolutely imagine that. Like because I told you this off camera before we, before we got on, that. Uh, that you know i'm blown away by almost every time i turn on i i turn on youtube and open it up you know you're uh, a new a new reaction video is dropped like i saw divine feminine drop 12 minutes ago i'm like damn like i just didn't he just upload like uh you know tiny desk concert yesterday or something like that so it's it, it really you really do have the uh the work ethic but you spoke on the record labels um and and that kind of battle so I really want to get your uh, your opinion on this because I haven't had any other reaction podcast or reaction channels on this podcast yet. So I wanted to ask I wanted to ask this, and I want to ask this to every reaction channel: is that their thoughts on the battle with record labels? Do you think it's going away or getting worse? And are you potentially scared for the future of reaction channels? Um, I'll 
I'm not, and I'll, and I'll tell you why, but it is it is difficult. So I'll just break it down quickly. I believe back in the early Big Quint days that it wasn't a problem. So, you know, you could just upload your video, you could monetize it, all good. Nobody even really thought about it. And then they brought in a lot of the copyright systems and, uh, you know, any any copyrighted music was just getting hammered. Videos were getting blocked left, right and center. This was before I, I was ever doing it. I believe Fantano had tons and tons and tons of videos where he had actual music in the videos and he had to um, basically remove them all from his channel, like hundreds. So um, there was that period. And then we're kind of in the period now where the, the robots can hear the music. So yeah. um, basically everything I upload, bar the occasional um, thing that somehow gets through, gets automatically uh, content claimed. And it still seems like we're in a position where the labels are more than happy for um, you know these companies that, that run these content claim um, basically outfits they run these, these these content claim yeah almost some channel some things even bounty hunt channels and sit on channels and wait for them to upload and manually claim um along with the mm. the automatic stuff and the labels seem to be more than happy just to let that happen um now there are some dispute systems in the back end where you can dispute it for fair use and sort of that. i mean it's it's for example if you do an album with 14 tracks you have to file 14 different disputes it's it's very very time consuming Wow. Just for just for the chance to earn, you know, the, the video does 25k, which is a good video, you know, mm-hmm. for that, that's, that's still a hell of a lot of people. That's only ever really going to make, in, even if it's monetized, $25. So it's not like, it's, it's sort of life-changing money. So, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of reaction channels, myself included, have looked to other ways to, to make revenue and then just to try and grow. But that being said it is becoming more and more apparent that even though the labels have these systems in place, I don't think they're anti-reaction channels in general, and I know the artists aren't. And what was really exciting to see this past week was, I don't know if you saw, um, in the UK, we had a big kind of diss battle, a clash between Stormzy, our biggest rap artist over here, and uh, kind of the OG of the UK grime scene, Wiley. And it's been massive, massive news. In the UK, this was mm-hmm. as big as Drake and Push was in the US. Like, you know, mainstream yeah. is on the news. I've like, seen it, but I haven't okay. done my research. Sure. I haven't done my research. But, but in lot. terms of, like, the cultural impact that it was having and everybody mm-hmm. talking about it, and, you know, on, in number one trending, and it's still all the, all the diss tracks are still number one trending in, um, in the music section of YouTube if you're in the UK. So massive, massive, massive. And obviously everybody was doing their reactions and the views have been crazy. But... Um, a couple of the channels over here, uh, Dens and Renz and Dan Kaz, like I mentioned before, they're, um, they actually managed to get their reactions onto trending. And I didn't think that was possible. I've never seen a reaction video on trending before on YouTube because they're manually picked by YouTube. And that was kind of like a real game changer in terms of perception for me because if they're getting picked and put on trending now, that is very likely that they'll get picked and put on trending again and they're going to grow off that. And if YouTube is out there saying, you know, reaction channels are as legit as a, you know, ninja highlight video from Fortnite or a, a vlog of some girl going getting a shopping haul or, you know, all the other stuff that makes it under trending that you and I would probably never watch in a million years. Right. <laughs> um, if, if a reaction channel doing music full of full of copyrighted music and, invert, you know, it is copyrighted music and it is that. If that's being allowed onto trending, that's a big deal, and the record labels will see that uh, if it, as it starts happening more and more. And I do believe there are people in every single label, probably at a decent high enough level, that are aware of all of our channels and are excited by all of our channels and wanting to work with all of our channels. So it's just a matter of time. Um, I thought I was going to be in a position where we would need to band together and speak to the labels. Um, and have all those conversations and meetings and I'm prepared to do that but seeing that happen seeing their video going up on trending made me think do you know what YouTube might actually do our jobs for us so so mm. you know if we can then as as reactors you know hopefully one of my videos will end up there at some point I'm sure other reaction channels will get will get on trending if we can go and take look you know we're, we're, we're massive we're way bigger than any other you know music media in terms of you know, as as a group, barring like complex and I don't know, that's probably about it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden podcast, a few different things. Yeah. Why would you want it? You know, but you're not letting us earn anything through advertising. Why Why would you want to kill off this this media? And I've got all these stats and things about impressions and things that I could 
back that up with because I've been sort of mentally having those meetings in my mind for, for ages. Right. And I've had conversations with everybody from, with people from all of the major labels from UMG, WMG, um, SME, and they've all been cool people. It's just been very difficult to actually get stuff whitelisted and the amount of effort it would take to get one video whitelisted at the moment is probably not worth it. It's not worth the $20 to spend, you know, days back and forth, loads of emails. Right. You're like, I'll just try and earn the money another way. But I'm not so worried about them killing the channels um, just because I, I think they're seeing it now. And I yeah. know that, you know, I've had videos shared by loads of big artists and my channel isn't even that big. Um, Rock Reacts was, you know, Rock Reacts wasn't like hip hop heads reacting to hip hop as well. And still JID shared stuff, JPEG Mafia, people like that. And I know that mm -hmm. bigger, bigger artists have been sharing No Life Shack and things like that. So I think it's just a matter of time just becoming part of the media of this industry. It's just becoming more normal. So I'm not too worried in that respect. Yeah. And, you know, that's ultimately where I lie on it, too, is I believe that the future for reaction channels is is bright because I think I think they're starting to see now that this is that this is a real market. YouTube's going to look at it as this is a real market that a lot of people are tuned into, you know, as all of these reaction channels are still growing. I'm looking at the numbers of, uh, of Big Quit, of Malroy Bros, of Austin Vegas, of your channel. All, all of these active channels are still gaining uh, are still gaining subscribers every time I look. So that yep. shows that the audience itself is growing. And, you know, eventually if you get to a point where, you know, you're causing, you, you're created enough of a market share, YouTube's going to battle, battle for you because, you know, that's their, that's their money. And record labels, I just, I don't really, I, 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 get it but i really don't because at the end of the day the way i see it is me personally as someone who consumes reaction channels like that makes me more interested more hype it builds more it's free promotion for the labels as far yeah. as albums go and it's also you know and, and it's also something that you know i think builds an anticipation and can make you even like an, an album more and you're spending more time investing more time in that album than just listening to it you know yeah exactly that i think i mean i don't know if you have a show we have a show over here in the uk called Gogglebox, stupid name but it's basically people sitting in their house watching the week's tv shows that you know all people probably you know regular regular mm -hmm. ass people watch like soap yeah. operas i'm talking very english normal stuff here but you're just like the dramas that you know that, right. that are on like network tv and they don't show actually they do show clips because they've obviously got all the deals in place but it's mainly it's a reaction channel it's a reaction mm -hmm. show that's what it is and it's, it's a big show over here and people watch i don't like it but um it is what we do and i was thinking about it it's like everything's kind of a reaction channel like you go and watch american idol or something like that and when they're doing the cutaways to the judges and and even just going back and back and back all of reality TV is all about reactions. It's do they, you yeah. know, they create drama, then they film the reactions. And it's like, it's such a natural thing. And mm. weirdly a music review, as much as I respect Anthony Fantano and there's all sorts of writers over the years that I've respected in, in music journalism, is actually a really difficult and esoteric thing to do because you're talking about such abstract sub, uh, subject matter in music. It's very difficult to describe. There's not really a language to describe a lot of music in the same way there is even, even less so than film. Yes. So I've always struggled. I like. I've always only ever read music reviews after I've listened to it, you know. And then I go, okay, yeah, now and then I can kind of relate their words to to the music. Mm -hmm. But on the reaction channel, you lose the the depth of thought that someone like Fantano who will put in five, six, ten listens. I don't know what his process is to an album before he talks about it and re, you know writes his thing and records his video. You lose that depth, and I'm always keen to point that out on my videos. But mm -hmm what you gain in just seeing that that reaction whether it's something emotional whether it's something funny whether it's something shocking is you know they've never really you never really had that before beyond putting on a cd for your friend and just staring at their face and hoping hoping that they like it or being right. in a club and then the tune comes on that everyone likes and you know everyone cheers or or, or or a concert but you know you get to get to watch that and i think there's something it's, it's beyond just like normal criticism or something like that and i'm not just trying to talk up my own channel here because i did this is what i was getting from watching these videos there's mm -hmm. something more to it there's something more like i was reading one article about uh, something called mirror neurons where like 
we're, you know, humans have been in like the DNA of humans or whatever, the makeup of humans all the way through back history. There's these things where we look to like have people mirroring our actions and mirroring our thoughts and, it, you know, it creates an immediate connection and bond. And that makes sense for like tribes and all it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's really fascinating the psychology of it because I'm sure, like you say, you're a fan. I'm a massive fan. Like I remember having times before I was doing this channel, I'd be traveling for work and and be on my own in hotel rooms for for a few nights and just sitting watching um, reaction channels, Lost in Vegas, a few others, and and having uh, just it was nice. It just felt connected to people, and yeah, it's hard to explain, but enough people have told me that on my comments, in my DMs, on Twitter, on social media, etc., that I just have to accept it because I'm like, well, I mean, it's weird that you're saying that to me because I don't, you know, it's just a weird feeling to, to even hear that. Yet, I know I know what you're saying because I have that same feeling watching the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I can speak to that, man. Watching your reaction to my favorite album ever, To Pimp a Butterfly, was something that was so... That that was a video that that absolutely floored me. It stopped. It made me stop what I was doing because you know, I again to put Butterfly was like still right as reaction channels were starting, but there was still only a couple. Yeah. And you know, and, and Big Quint was was I think really one of the only reaction channels that had that, and his got um his he actually had to re-upload because of some uh because of some copyright claims. So it was kind of right as that battle was also starting. Um, so, so watching you, you know, with, again, with the unique perspective that I think that you have coming into it from a, from different genres, from a different walk of walk of life coming into that experience is just something that is, is amazing to watch you, to watch you, you know, kind of really just enjoy it because I remember you coming into it, you know, you're saying, you're saying, I think even in that video or maybe before, maybe it was the good kid video where you're talking about doing to pimp butterfly next, where you're speaking on, you know, I, I you know, the jazzy, the, the, the jazzy sound. I'm not sure if this is going to be like my sound. I'm not sure what to expect. And then to watch you just sit there and be floored as someone who has such a vested interest in that album, you know, that is, that is truly a special moment. That's what, that speaks to everything that, that you just spoke on with the human DNA and the, and the psychology of mirroring, uh, of mirroring thoughts and feelings and all of that. Well, I mean, that's amazing to hear. So thank you very much, first of all, for saying that. It's crazy that me sitting in this little room listening to music and filming it has uh, has, you, has people saying stuff like that. It, it's, it's very mm-hmm. humbling. But it's, it's true. And that was a real pleasure to, to record that and a real... Um, yeah, kind of mind-blowing experience. I've never watched the video back apart from when I edited it, but I've listened to the record a bunch of times, of course, since then. And it did, it did floor me, and there has been plenty of other things that floor me, and music continues to floor me. And I think that that helps, because I've always had a deep connection with music, and it's always, it, you know, I've always felt like, I'm so, like so many of us, that it kind of gets into your spirit in a way that that very few things can. And just being able to share that with people that watch my videos as well and I you know I mean like I said I'm in the comments so I read it and when they're not just requests and people are asking for right. tracks, what's you your get, second through all that yeah yeah and the occasional <laughs> bit of hate or some mean stuff that some people drop I, I, I don't get too much of that to be fair I do get some amazing amazing comments either people breaking down things that I might have missed but in a really like positive constructive way mm-hmm. or people saying stuff like that you know or or, or really meaning something to people that I reacted to a track that they love and that they hold particularly closely in their heart in the same way that they did or or something like that but I think yeah there's all these songs that I have from my past that I, you know I'd love to watch somebody react to the first time and if they I really hope that they they like it as much as as I yeah. do you know uh, so I get it like I said but yeah that's humbling to hear man thank you yeah, I don't know. To be fair, I don't know if this if this interview is happening if you didn't like to pimp a butterfly. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, but no. Let me let me ask this though. So when you're listening and reacting to his channels, I find myself. So I have a I have a ritual where every Thursday night I link up with my best friend who I talk with music all the time, and we listen to whatever whatever important drops that week. Like he's a big Mac fan, so this Thursday is gonna be. Uh, quite a, quite an experience, you know. Yeah. Tomorrow, as we're recording this, this is Wednesday, and you know, I find myself really oftentimes 
it, it might be it might be 50 50 but i think it would lean more so towards like i i positively accept the album rather than uh rather than negatively reset uh accept an album on on the first listen do you find yourself when you're listening to these albums do you find like often your feelings change do they feel the same um you know like do you generally like an album more after the reaction when you're not in the process in the mindset of that's another thing too that you have that i don't when i'm listening to these albums is i'm listening to it just purely as a fan you're also recording yourself so you're cognizant of the fact that you're creating content in that moment so does that affect you in the sense that you uh that you review that you uh, see something in a more positive light after and you return to it or negatively after you return to it um it's a great question i think um there's a there's a few parts to that question so uh in terms of multiple listens typically i found that anything that i liked i just go on to like more so i've not had anything that i've gone this is amazing and then listen to it a few more times and it's kind of died down that's not really happened and i've been in fortunate positions where most of the stuff that i've been recommended to do um so the you know the the music from the past has been stuff that a lot of people consider classics and right you know whether it's to pimp a butterfly or whether it's um sylvia demo from azara shard just uh, another one that really really stuck with me or, or just doing divine feminine today um you know there, there there's a reason quite often why so many people uh, hold these albums in such high regard so there's a good chance with me as somebody who when i'm listening to something and i have this with all art i always try and understand what it is about it that people like and i think that's right. helped me in this but it's also helped me in my previous career reviewing games um, which i've done since 2005 i don't really do anymore so there's not much money in it unfortunately but i worked on magazines for years um so i'm so used to to answer your other question about listening to it and having to kind of criticize and and be cognizant of that at the same time. I'm so used to consuming art like that. I did film studies at university, and then a couple of years after that, I got my job, you know, writing for a games magazine. So I've been consuming stuff in that way for so long. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. part of my process. And um, I've never been one to stop and take notes, but I've always been one to just have a little, you know, pause in a game or, or just have these little like epiphanies in my mind. And that's basically what I'm doing when I'm pausing, instead of it just being internal dialogue. I'm just saying it out loud and especially when I'm doing albums it's easier because if that's not coming then it doesn't matter I can just like let the the song play a little bit until the next one comes into my mind bit 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 harder on individual songs because you have to you know otherwise you just have to edit it down to nothing yeah like I said I'm trying to get better at doing those individual songs but in terms of yeah multiple listens there have been a few that I listened to once or individual songs even from albums. And even on the edit, where obviously I'm listening to it again, normally for the second time ever, I've gone, oh, actually, this is really good. And or maybe I, maybe I got that one ever so slightly wrong and I might put a little note up on the video or something like that. Actually, second time through, I was messing with this a little bit more. Things like that. But mm. I've been fortunate that a lot of the full albums that I've done, I've liked. And it's because they've been recommended from people who love those albums. And now people are understanding my tastes as well. So they go, yeah. I think you will love this. And, you know, a lot of the times that is the case. Whereas some of the ones, I try and keep up with current stuff as well. But to, since I've been doing a solo channel, not that much has come out, really. It's been quite a quiet time. So I was doing a few albums. I did like um, The Baby's Kirk. I did Tory Lane's record. I did um, mm-hmm. a couple of others. And I didn't really feel those in the same sort of way. And that was hard. That was actually hard to do because I kind of, wanted to not listen to the album by halfway through but you're still having to get through it and listen to it and i don't like being particularly harsh about music so i hold me neither it's not my dna i hold musicians in very high regard i'm not a musician i you know i can play a few instruments here and there i can hold a tune but i'm you know i've never made any music so i definitely hold them in high regard and especially these days when all you're basically being asked for is your time you're not being asked to pay anything like you can listen to even if you don't have a Spotify subscription, you can listen to an album easily on YouTube or something like that. You're basically not being asked to pay anything other than your time these days, as opposed to like a video game where you put money down, things like that. Um, so I kind of remove any of that financial stuff out of my brain as well. So I'm like, unless there's a message in a song that upsets me or I feel it's particularly lazily put together, which is rare, I, I find it very hard to be. I, you know, that's why I wouldn't want to start putting like two out of tens on music or something like that. So I feel like who the who the hell am I to to say that, 
really yeah. unless it is something utterly awful i feel that all cynical anything that's like really cynical it feels money grabby or it feels you know there's something you know that i listened to the, the last trippy red record and i thought it was really kind of uglyly misogynistic and i decided not to even bother doing a review of it because i was just like i don't even want to talk about this record i thought it was musically average but i really didn't like the subject matter but that's so rare um that i would i mean that's quite a specific thing because i'm not mm. super sensitive when it comes to that sort of stuff but it was i just found that record ugly but um yeah i'm rambling now i have a tendency to do that i don't get to <laughs> no, it's myself. okay man i find it all fascinating these are these are all stuff that i that i really wanted to ask so you know and and i find a lot of i mirror a lot of those same sentiments you know like my i think my lowest review score i ever gave out of a 10 was uh was a three and you know and even in that review i'm not you know, I'm not doing what Anthony Fantano does. And again, I respect Anthony Fantano. This isn't a diss, but you know, Anthony Fantano, he can really, uh, you know, he can really get into somebody off of, you know, off of, off of their, off of their music. Whereas me, you know, I, it was a little yachty. It was teenage emotions. And when I was listening to, it, I was like, I found myself saying in the, in the entire review, I kept saying, well, I think it would have been better if he did this. Mm. Or like, I found myself like actually just explaining how it could be better rather than how it's bad if that makes sense yeah i mean i'm I'm pretty much the same when it comes to to music definitely and especially in this world where i'm still i'm still i'm, I'm becoming i'm not you know I, I, I always say i'm a guest i guess i'm not so much of a guest anymore i guess i'm a kind of a newcomer but um yeah i'm still not you know like entrenched in the scene or anything like that so i'm cautious with my words but I, you know if there's something i don't like i'll, I'll say I, I wasn't really feeling that i'm not I'd certainly want to give my my truth, but that's just like I say how I've always thought about music, and I don't review plastic pop music really on the channel apart from that new Justin Bieber track. So that music <laughs> I find a bit easier to be a bit harsher on, just because I feel like this has been produced by committee. There's very little art in it. They're using the standard chord structure. It's super overproduced. It's just for this purpose, you know. And there's, again, yeah. it's ugly. So you can be you can go in a little bit more on that, but I don't really cover that on the channel because why would I? There's not really. <laughs> There's not much point. Yeah, and now I would be remiss. I want to close. I want to close with this question because um, this was obviously one of the more recent explosions. You talk about the the Mac Miller explosion that your channel has has seen ever since you started to cover um, his music and get into Mac and get into Mac Miller season, which has been incredible. Um, was the Isaiah Rashad Sylvia demo reaction? You know that was something that again really separates you from a lot of from from a lot of other channels in that and that you know here's this here's this song heavenly father which is a fantastic song by the way um i find myself every time i'm working on my top 100 albums of the decade and every time i re-listen that album i move it up at least a spot mm. you know because <laughs> it's so because it's so good but um you know you 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 have that moment where where you cry on camera and you and you do because again, you're recording this like we're recording this conversation. It's not live, so you make the conscious decision to leave it in there, and you even speak on that. Um, and, and it's quite clear that in that in that very even in that very moment, you decide that you're going to uh, to put it on the channel. Like walk walk me through that particular moment because that was a, that was a special moment. Um, well, yeah, obviously. Okay, so back end of last year when I did that, I was um, going through some stuff. Uh, I was having a bit of a tough time uh, with my mind. And some of the way that, that Isaiah speaks on that song, some of the things that he said just struck me in a way that I just wasn't quite ready for, especially as I'd actually heard that song before. Um, there is a video oh, really? on Rock Reacts, but I'd only heard it once. And hmm. it was, Rock Reacts was kind of, it was dying by that point and it wasn't a very good video. But um, this time I was really obviously paying attention. And then, you know, it's right there. But yeah, as a man and a man that's not, you know, not from, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm older. So I'm definitely from the era where it was not so common for men to show emotions. Sort of the tail end of that era anyway. So I was like, I could just cut this out because it is embarrassing. What if people that I went to school with see it? Well, actually, I don't care about those people. But do you know what I mean? What people that I right. work with see it and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, do you know what? It's real. I've I've been doing music reactions and this is really how this hit me. So I'm just going to leave it in and then press upload. And then just like, I don't know. I'm not going to talk about it too much. 
Right. And obviously, yeah, they started to get um, very positive feedback under in the comments and, and people saying that it hit them in the same way or, you know, stuff. Or people saying nice things to me. And I was like, well, I'm glad I left it in then. And then um, somebody who is, um, I think, like a big Isaiah fan Twitter account or something like that, but he clipped it and tweeted it and added Isaiah. And then Isaiah, I think, retweeted it. So, also, and I, that video now on Twitter has way more views than my YouTube video, and it's just a clip of me crying, basically. <laughs> so I was like, at that point, I was just like, well, I guess that's out there now, so that's yeah. just what it is. And um, I'm kind of proud to put it out there just because of the feedback that I've had. And, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Mac Miller Good News video, but I, I, that's even worse. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. I was that like, one was powerful. Yeah, again, that I, I felt very funny putting that out as well. Um, but I was like, you know, that's what happened. So, yeah, and it was an individual song, so I couldn't really cut it like in the same way as the Isaiah Side one. I could have, if I'd wanted to, just cut that out and just use different clips of the music. Whereas in this individual song, I was like, I basically like that for the whole track, as I'm sure so many people who saw that for the first time were, just because it was so yeah. so poignant and so beautiful. But I was like, well, I'm, I could either just not upload this video or just put it out. But yeah, it's it, it's a strange one. But I think there's something to be said for for being emotionally open like that, which is strange because I'm not really that much in real life, especially with people that I don't know so well. I'm kind of, mm-hmm. um, I'm not private necessarily, but I'm definitely cautious with people. But. I don't know. I feel a little bit safer. It sounds weird with with the audience that I have, and I know those videos can go everywhere. And as the Twitter thing, <laughs> as the yeah. example showed, I mean, like anybody can see it. And I've had people come up to me from my normal life who don't even really realise that I do this suddenly, having seen my videos, especially with the the UK clash that I was talking about um, just before. Suddenly, obviously, you know, a lot of British people are watching those videos um, as opposed to Americans, and they're people that I know, and they're like, "Oh, you do this and that." So it's like. It's weird. It's like no, don't come in my, don't come in my world. This is my world. That, that I do yeah. this, this internet thing. But um, yeah, man. Sometimes I think you just gotta allow yourself to to be open like that. And seemingly, if it, it has allowed some people to f- at least write back and say they had the same the same feeling. I mean, a dude who I spoke to yesterday, he came up to me. Um, well, I don't want to call him out too much. He came up to me in real life. And I'd never met him before, and he said that he watched it and it made him cry as well. And I was like, "Wow, that's how how crazy it for for a stranger to to come up to you and say something like that." You know, in real life, not even on the internet with the anonymity of wow. that, like face to face. So I was like, "Well, do you know what?" In that respect, I'm kind of proud to do it. And especially as you know, I am a lot older than the audience. A lot of the audience is probably sort of early to mid twenties, I'd imagine. And um, maybe if they can see a guy that's that's a bit older. Just showing that that it's okay to, you know, you don't have to hold it all in, I guess. And I mean, do you know what it ultimately is? Me telling myself that, because I have, I've, I'm very guilty of holding things in, bottling things up, and and uh, you know, trying to remain stoic. And it has caused me a lot of damage and a lot of uh, internal trauma. I think over the years of doing that, and that's probably why it just suddenly yeah. break down when I hear music and I do it, I'm terrible for films as well, awful, it's just my body just giving the chance to actually release some of this stuff, but hey, if that, um, if that shows some other people that, you know, at least there's other people who are feeling like that, then then that's great, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> I just feel a bit, yeah. uh, suddenly I get very English and awkward about it. Yeah, well, you know, it, I think it was an absolutely amazing and it's another reason why your channel stands out above all the other channels when it comes to reaction is Thank because you. you are you are easily the the most genuine uh you like your your genuine vibes really translate through the music like I I know it every time and that's why I appreciate your video so much because I know the second you're clicking play you're wanting to like it. You're wanting to appreciate it because you're looking at it from a just a genuine, positive place of, uh, you know, and that's and that's not often what a, what a lot are. You know, sometimes sometimes it's funny to you know to troll something or whatever sorry, for a, the most part. So I have a, as you may know, I have a pipe in this <laughs> where I can <laughs> record. So if somebody uses the the sink, the water goes down. There you go. It's the finish now. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. At least it's not getting some of that UK rain that's been in a lot. Yeah, I know. We're lucky videos. tonight, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that UK rain was a real thing. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's been real oh, bad yeah. recently too. Oh, so. 
anyways, you know, with with that being said, you know, uh, I want to I want to close with this because I want to close on a little bit more of a, uh, of a positive note <laughs> here and an upbeat note here. You know, 2020 is going to be a great year for music. I don't know if you're somebody like me that really follows the tea leaves of like, okay, when is this artist expected to drop this, this and that. I really get into the anticipation stuff, which I know a lot of people, a lot of people are probably smarter than me and and decide not to anticipate things because, you know, you just ultimately get let down because a lot of these rappers are not so, uh, are not, their word is not necessarily concrete when it comes to release dates, but um, I I can assure you that 2020 is going to be a great year. There's going to be a lot of a lot of phenomenal music. It's going to be a lot more like 2018, a lot less like 2019. So you have a lot of content there. But that leads me to say, you know, what are you what are you very much excited to react to next? Is there something that's that's on your docket that you're just really looking forward to? There's something that's been on your docket that you want to get to, but you've just been jumping in other stuff what's the what's the thing you're anticipating most um in terms of 2020 uh, definitely obviously mac this friday and i'm sure it would have already dropped by by the time a lot of people are hearing this i guess but um in terms of the big anticipated releases it's obviously kendrick's new album i saw that the, the rumors going around that it's finished and that it's got mm-hmm. a rock influence and i'm like man life can be so uh, it come full circle sometimes because so if, Kend- if Kendrick Lamar releases a rock album or a rock influenced album, I mean, I couldn't be in a better position to speak on it <laughs> or, or react to it, and, and 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 all be more excited to hear it as well. I'm definitely one for anticipation. I'm like I said, I come from the games industry where everything is delayed. Um, I'm a massive football fan where you're just constantly disappointed the whole time by all of this sort of stuff. And, you know, I, I, you've got to put yourself out there with the anticipation because when it pays off, it's all worth it. So you've got, you've got to be prepared for the letdown. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. And then I know a lot of other big records, Jay Cole, Drake, um, maybe Isaiah, all sorts of stuff coming out. So I'm very excited for, for this year as well. Also, UK is, is really coming on this year as well. I highly recommend to... Uh, to the US audience to check out an artist called Dave. I mean, I'm sure people know who he is, but in terms of just lyricism, he's not a grime artist, he's just a rapper. Uh, I think people really appreciate that guy. Um, but yeah, it was super exciting as well for the UK. So uh, it's an amazing, amazing time to be doing this. And yeah, hopefully 2020 will be another 2018 or even better. Oh yeah, I I, th- I really do think it will be. I'm I'm firmly on the 2020 hype train, and I want to shout out Dave too because I like that album, and it almost ended up in my top 25 of the 2019. Oh, no. it just missed the cut, but Little Sims actually made it. That album is phenomenal. Yeah, really, gray area. Yeah, 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 fantastic. She is she is extremely talented. Yeah, yeah. No. I I just spoke on that last night. That 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 girl blows me away. Like she's she's really really special, but. Um, all right, John. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on this uh, on this podcast. Uh, like I said, this was a this was something that I wanted that I wanted to do because I think you have such a unique perspective on hip hop, and you have and your channel really is a journey, and I recommend it to everyone. So I'll let you do the plugging because you can plug your content far better than I can. So why don't you go ahead and do that? Thanks, man. First of all, I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for having me on and, and the kind, kind words. But yeah, if you want to check me out, it's um, it's John Denton on YouTube, uh, J-O-N uh, Denton. I'm sure if you, if you leave the H in there, you'll probably still find me. And then, yeah, same name on, <laughs> on Twitter as well. Come and, come and follow me on there and have a conversation. But yeah, the YouTube channel is on there. We're heading towards, heading towards that 100K, trying to get back to where I was with the other channel. But we're getting there. All right. All right. Well, thank you, John, for coming on the podcast, man. I greatly appreciate it. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Awesome. Thanks, mate.